Island Portugal Business Network is comprised of more than 150 member companies based in Portugal and Ireland. These companies are from a wide range of industries and professions and represent in excess of 25,000 people. In this episode of the IPBN podcast, IPBN board member Aoife Healy monitored a discussion with a selection of Porto-based IPBN members on the topics of living, working and doing business in the region as part of the IPBN's April Porto Conference in which the network formally launched its Porto-based branch. The conference was held at the Porto Innovation Hub and was made possible with the support of Irish company and IPBN member Global Shares, who just opened an office there. So, Philomene, could you start by giving a couple of moments about yourself and okay. your role with ISAP, please? Okay, pleasure. Uh, first of all, thank you for the invitation to be present, uh, Mr. Ambassador. It's a pleasure to be with you and Geoffrey, too, to meet you today. So, I'm Philomene Diaz. I'm the person in charge of the Inward Investment Department at ISAP. ISAP is the Portuguese Trade and Investment Agency. Uh, so, we are a public agency. We have uh, the main mission to promote exports. Portuguese exports, so help companies based in Portugal to co export overseas. And we help also a foreign investor to look at Portugal and to decide for Portugal. So we have a national coverage. We have offices in Lisbon and in Porto. By the way, our headquarters are in Porto, the official headquarters, even if the board members are based in Lisbon, <laughs> but the headquarters, official headquarters are uh, in Porto. I'm very proud to be part of the uh, Porto office. And uh, as coordinator of the foreign investor department, so we are, I would say, the main point of contact when foreign companies from different countries, not only Ireland, but Ireland, we have been receiving uh, several uh, requests and uh, working with several companies. So the, the main point of contact to look at Portugal and to convince companies to look at Portugal as the suitable location for the new project. But we also help, and it's a new trend, uh, uh, companies to um, look at uh, Portugal as an option. It's, a new trend. it's not a new trend for sourcing, but to look at sourcing and then acquisition of new capacity because some companies are looking to diversify the market for sourcing. So we also help on that. And and to acquire some industrial capabilities. Okay, so if I can get this straight then. So ISEP work pretty much outside the country in terms of attracting investment in, but once it gets here, do you deal with it or does the City Hall deal with it if they're talking about Porto and they have decided that, you know, looking at it, that this is where they want to go? Well, uh, it's a good question. What we do is first to attract the foreign investors, and so we, we hacked in the overseas markets directly, but then when we are in contact with uh, uh, potential investors, we also work with investors on all the stage of the decision process. And when they decide to locate also, we will style, still uh, follow this investor and help to set up the business in the aftercare. We never stop the relation, but we rely on the local partners. So we, have com we complete our action with the, 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 the local partners. It's very important to, to understand as ISEP, we, we are not the owners of territory, but we sell Portugal. And the owners of territories are, is the mayor, so it's the local authorities. So to be successful in the, our approach and our, our strategy, we need to rely on the support of the local authorities and the local players. So we, we work with the investors during the, all the journey uh, as Investport, Porto, but we are in, in, in uh, uh, very good contacts and straight contacts to, to, to ensure that we will give together the best answer to the investor. Okay. And is there a scale of company that you work with? 
Yes, by our status, what we, uh, in terms of investment, uh, ISAP, we are in charge uh, to, um, to work with large company, so company that have a, a consolidated turnover above 75 million euros. Uh, but in practice, we work with all companies. The main difference, we cannot say to a company, oh, you are too small, we won't help you, okay? Uh, but the, and because we are a small team, we, 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 we know that we cannot give the same support to all companies. So for large investors, and because large investors put all the countries in high competitiveness, competition, so we need to answer in a short notice in some questions, so we will have a more complete services, but all the small companies that come to us, we will always answer to them, and we will also to guide them to have the best uh, the best answer to 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 connect with the, the right partner in the local market. Mm -hmm. And Rui, you obviously have you know startups, so you're talking like micro businesses and upwards. Do you have an upper limit of scale of companies that you help, or do you just help anyone who's interested in the Porto market market? Yeah. So just just to recap one question that you did to Philip and just to 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 say that Investport is part of the Porto municipality. It's not a, an outside agent, so it's inside the municipality. And of course we work together, we we talk every day. But the, the main added value that we are inside the municipality is that we can be a one-stop shop regarding everything that is related to direct subjects that are overseen by the municipality, so we, we are inside the municipality, so we, we, can, we can do that work uh, that uh, the process can, can be as smooth as possible because time is money for investors. So just to, to clarify that we are inside the municipality of Investport, that is very important. Um, the issue of who do we support? Of course, we target high-level investors, but like Finalman said, we, we don't say no. Uh, usually, but of course we need to, to see if it's a small investment that they have a, a business plan to to scale up. Uh, so we we welcome every sectors uh, and and everyone that comes that wants to come to to the port and invest. So uh, we see and we listen and and if we if it's very small, even on that stage we can help find the right stakeholders to give them the, the, the support that we need. Of course, we target uh, high-level uh, uh, investors and companies uh, because we are not a very big team, so we have a strategic position on that aspect. That's why uh, Xi'an uh, mentioned leading investors, so we are targeting those kind of, 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 uh, of initiatives. But we don't, we don't close the door to anyone, so everyone that can send, everyone can contact us, we will reply, we will meet, and we will help you, as I said, in the end, to achieve, achieve your goals. That is our, our mission. Mm -hmm. And just, I, I'm going to stick with you two just for one second before I move back to you, Ashley. <laughs> so in terms of actual practical supports, what do you say to people when they're approaching you? What do they need to have if they're going to go into either of you to say, I need support, I'm thinking of doing... 100 people in an office in Porto, we need 50 in IT, we need 20 in administration, we need six in finance. Do you put them in touch with other people? Do you outsource what they do? Or do you keep some of it in-house and put the rest of it out? So we start with you, I suppose, Philomene. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, when the companies approach us, uh, the first stage is to 
provide useful information to look at the market. So when they are targeting Porto and the Porto region, so we provide information about the pool of talent regarding the areas they are looking for, the competition to know that we already have uh, international company with operation uh, uh, in Portugal. Uh, so all this kind of information that is important for to build the business case. And then the company, you, usually then we, we, we used to go in the short list of options of location, and the company will ask, well, now I want to connect with HR company, with uh, international company that already located there to exchange experiences and uh, to see some option of offices to have an idea, real idea of the cost to, to, to establish there. So then we organize a site visit program. Uh, during the pandemic, it was a virtual site visit, and now it's uh, fortunately uh, again uh, on-site visit. So we organize visits and meetings with HR company, with lawyers, with uh, real estate company, with universities. It's very important to connect with local universities, then they can uh, have this exchange of what kind of training formation that we are giving at our university, what are the plan and the strategy, and because the first source of talent is the young students. So, so it's important to, 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 have, this, uh, to have this feedback. Uh, so we organize all the program, and uh, we, we, we are part of the program too. And then when the company decide to establish, we will still to help to connect with lawyers, to provide information about salaries, about uh, tax, uh, and uh, I will say our experience never stop. Okay, mm -hmm. so it's information, location to connect with the right agents. So when we decide to establish, you will need a lawyer, so to, to, to connect with lawyers. You will need to hire people also to connect with HR company. So we'll do all this, uh, all this job for, for the, the investors. And Rui, from your perspective then, as being part of the city, how do you approach, when, when people approach you, or do they need to approach you if they're coming in from outside to say no. you're setting up in the city? They are not obliged to approach us, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, probably they will approach us in a certain time period. But uh, the, key, uh, uh, the key word here is knowledge and information. Um, so what we can provide and support is specific information about... Uh, specific needs that uh, companies have to build the business plan because they can go on Google and search it. Okay, what we can add in value is specific information uh, regarding specific requests because each company is different from the other. So uh, we have a tailor-made approach. Uh, we, we don't send to a, a website or a link, so we have a direct connection with the people that are uh, uh, analyzing the opportunity to come to Porto and uh, uh, give full support during that journey, hoping that in the end, the, the choice will be, will be Porto. So it's a tailor-made, it's a personalized uh, um, um, relationship with a specific project manager. And of course, we, we can have uh, a more added value if the company, for example, wants to Build, uh, build a location here in Porto because that is municipality in terms of, of licensing and so on. And, that, and on that, we can have also a specific project manager that helps. Mm -hmm. And like Shen said, it's not just coming to Porto. We have an aftercare service. And another thing that we are very proud that we do in Invest Porto is that we forge relations between people. And that is very important. And that is made by uh, several, several, several things that we usually do that is putting people together, 
putting people talking with each other, because we saw here examples, for example, of critical tech works, that is BMW, with partnership with critical software, that is a Portuguese company. So we, we, we connect people. Uh, and uh, again, a tailor-made approach, and not, let's, let's say, uh, uh, a tailor-made approach and an holistic view, because it's not just investment or taxes or legal issues, it's also about talent. So we try to, in the end, put the, 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 the business and the company and the investors in the center of the ecosystem mm -hmm. for them to feel at home. That is our goal. And as, you know, if a company started, and Ashling's company would be a perfect case in point, they have a small office here, and now they want to expand by 80 people. Should Ashling go back to you and say, look, we've got this small office, well, now we need something, we need bigger help? What, what kind of ongoing relationship and, and supports would you give to companies doing what Ashling's company is doing? We have a lot of those requests. Most of the time, companies come here with a small office, small level of operations and then they scale up so we provide that that services and for example in terms of location they can say we have 50 people we want to grow uh, to 200 people in the next uh, two years and we give support we will ask uh, where we will, what is your demand in terms of location office space um, technical conditions whatever and we will do this, and this I think is important also. We don't charge services because we are inside the municipality of Porto, so we are a public entity. Uh, and we do this uh, with the companies, and we do this a lot. So we work uh, with companies for uh, several years, and we, uh, we love see them growing with us because they, they come here for the first time with a meeting, uh, one day, then they come with a larger team of consultants to try to, to, to study the, 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 in more depth the issues of uh, legal taxes and so on. And then they started to work and then they start to expand. And for us, it's a joy to see that. And I think our greatest business card, it's examples uh, of the companies that are here. So mm -hmm. I usually say, I can have a, a great presentation, but why not to talk with someone that is already here, because this is our greatest business card, is asking an Irish a, a company from Ireland or, or other, other places, what do you feel of working in, in, uh, in Porto? Mm -hmm. This is our uh, main uh, uh, business card to, to come in to invest in, in Porto. So, Ashling, turning to you, I mm. mean, we've heard the, the, the top-level view. Yeah. You know, your experience from the ground up of yeah. building the businesses in Porto. How much yeah. did you need to rely on the expertise of ICEP or the City Council in, in getting established? Or did you, did you bother? Or, you know, what, what, what approach did Global Shares take? with the team that we had already in Porto um, and we found the location space. So I, I, to my knowledge, I don't think that we connected, but we certainly are connected now. And uh, I think it'll be interesting from now on because we couldn't come over with the pandemic. <laughs> um, none of our staff have been able to go to the office, even though we've been paying for office space in Porto in uptake this time. So I suppose today is a day for, for starting that. But I know that our head of HR, um, 
Stephen Tab would have been in, involved and in charge of all of that and, and, and would have done the analysis between the different locations. And, and it is complicated going into a new market and getting the lawyers and setting up you know, your tax system for your employees. And once you've done it and it works, and you know, like we've done it in 11 different countries, it's a lot of work. And if you find a country where it works and you can you can replicate and stay in the country, we've done that in, in, in the US. We have two offices. We have Jersey City and Nashville. We've done it. We're just doing it in Leeds now. We have Leeds and London. And here, um, if you find something that works, you build on that. Mm-hmm. And staying with you, Ashley, what was really attractive about Porto for you know for given how much you're planning to expand here now? Yeah, it, it, you see, it has it ticks all the boxes. Um, I, I think for me, the greatest impression for me is this thriving, proactive scene. It's very innovative. It's it's the work has been done many years ago to put all of these systems in place for the city to thrive, um, and. Um, I think that for me is huge. We do look for locations with the good work-life balance because it's it's easier to have happier employees in places where they can be happy living. It's huge, and, and we are very much people-centric. But the graduate element is huge, and that's why we're located beside the university. So we need a feed of graduates who can come up and who want to come into a company like ours and grow. And they can join in Porto, but they can end up in Lisbon or Hong Kong. So we have people from Ireland moving to Lisbon. We have people from you know, Barcelona moving to Ireland. So there's, there's a huge opportunity to grow and move across the company and move into different departments as well. Well, it seems like there's quite a few students here for you to get your hands on. Yeah. Um, Philomene, I'd like to address something that I know ISEP are involved in, but will be definitely of interest to Rui too, is the idea that you have companies that are suppliers into Ireland. Can you tell us a little bit about ISEP's export role for Portuguese companies? And we'll follow up then with what companies in Porto itself, which is obviously the industrial hub of Portugal, um, our experience is of trying to get go towards mm-hmm. Ireland. Can you tell us a little bit about the export role? Yes, yes, uh, for sure. So, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, so we help foreign investors to invest in, Porto, uh, in Portugal, but also um, a Portuguese company national, not uh, Portuguese, it can be a foreign company, but based in Portugal, uh, to export overseas. So we have our commercial team that work, uh, they are key account manager of company based in Portugal, and we help our company to export by providing information about markets, by connecting them to uh, buyers of companies that they are targeting in some sectors in different markets. And we have also our office overseas, so we have an office in Dublin, and we help locally the local companies, so Irish company to identify potential uh, suppliers from Portugal. And what we have seen, and it's a result of the, the, the pandemic. These recently, some company that used to buy to uh, in European companies that used to buy in markets, more distant markets, that now are looking for uh, suppliers uh, in Portugal, in Europe, and in Portugal, and more than the. Re- a normal relations suppliers is what they call a strategic partnership, industrial partnership. And from Ireland, also, we have seen also these trends to see companies that uh, do not have their own industrial uh, capabilities and want and asking the help to ASAP to identify companies that are interesting to be sold and then they can buy 
one existing company and to expand this company and to have their own industrial capabilities. It's a way to secure their production and they have a more largest control on the production. So ISAP, we hope on that. So we help the company based in Portugal to export overseas, so to connect to potential uh, clients, but we help also the foreign companies to buy in Portugal. So regarding the products or the services that they are looking for, to find the right partner in Portugal for a simple uh, um, uh, buyer uh, relation or also for an acquisition. And Rui, you know, a lot of what we hear anecdotally, and I will say it's like anecdotally, is that, you know, Irish companies, when they look towards Porto, it's for staff, it's for talent. But going back to your point, you know, we know that there's huge markets in, in, in this part of Portugal for, you know, industrial engineering goods, all of that. Is there an interest at city level in export or do you just do investment, inward investment only? No, I think we do both. You do both. So mm -hmm. I agree most of the time they come to Porto just to have a base and to, to hire talents and, and, and try to develop uh, some products or service uh, in Porto. What we have seen is that uh, most of the, the companies then start to scale up and do other things. And they find out that they can do a lot of products and services in Porto and export globally. We have examples like this. Uh, uh, we have uh, companies that came here in a very small scale, then scale up, and then they are working for the whole international group from Porto. So our main export, in fact, is talent, is knowledge. Mm -hmm. In the end, that, that is what is uh, all about. So we, we have seen these cases in many, for example, in Atixis. Now they are working from Porto to all over the group, uh, worldwide. So why? Because they they are surprised in a good way when they when they are working here about the knowledge, the capabilities, and uh, and they start to understand that we can do more, have a, a more active role from Porto that was initially um, uh, that was on the on the original business plan. So that is what we we love most to see that the managers that are, that, are, that are here, a country manager, then starts to call uh, the CEO of the group and say, we can do more, we can provide more, we can just not be a simple provider, but a center of excellence and of innovation. Mm -hmm. And that is happening uh, a lot of times. Uh, and that is a very, very good idea of the quality of the ecosystem. And I think maybe uh, we can we see cases like this again small operations to provide a simple service or product for uh, inside the group and then they start to scale up and they start to export to the group and to export all over the world for example Deloitte operates in Portugal it's a very renowned international company and provides services for the United States Canada North uh, Latin America from the base here in Porto. So 90% of the work that they do is to export abroad, mm -hmm. working with Portuguese and uh, Porto talents uh, and so on. Just a small thing that I don't know if anyone uh, knows, we are very close to the industri industrial part of, of, of Portugal, that is the northern Portugal. And for example, we have companies that develop specific products that that need to be 
manufactured and they can easily connect to the industrial part of, of, uh, of the business because the northern part of Portugal is the strongest all over the country in terms of production units. So that is also a very good combination. You can have developing certain products and then start to manufacturing here 20, 30 kilometers, 30 kilometers from the within, city of Within Portugal. a short yeah. distance. Yeah. I'm going to ask the audience, do they have any questions that they'd like to address to any of our, our panelists here at the moment? When you first landed in Portugal on day zero, you went to Lisbon. So I believe probably the experience would be the same of some company that wants to land in Porto. Mm. Uh, can you tell us some pain points that you have and what would uh, uh, ASAP or Invest Porto would be able to help on, on that journey? Yeah, I mean, we started small because we had a few people coming back to Portugal from Ireland. So we had four, maybe five people in a small office in the center of Lisbon. We had a fantastic relationship with them. We had the trust already there, and it was just a case of moving their place of employment to Portugal. So we we knew what we were getting ourselves in for, but what we didn't realize how at the time how big we were going to get. Um, and... Uh, we didn't realize we were going to open this big, huge office in Portugal so soon, which was a big success. But we've had failures in, in moving to new countries. We've moved too quickly. Uh, we haven't done enough research. Or we expected a country would work, and it didn't, because we went in too early. It was too premature. Um, for example, Brazil. We had a number of very big clients in Brazil. Um, and dealing with the Brazilian market, we thought, okay, we'll, we'll try there. So there's definitely, <laughs> you know, on paper, you, you're always told, do your market research, uh, make contact, do your site inspections, and, and put your plan in place. And that is the best advice. Um, and that stands the test of time. If you do go by your gut, it might absolutely work. For example, our four focus markets, you know, in the pandemic, we made a decision we're writing our five-year plan. We went into extraordinary detail. And then when we had decided on our four largest economies in the world, Japan, China, Europe, and North America, along came the Middle East. Now, we're not going after the Middle East, we said, because we're going after these four markets. But the opportunity was extraordinary in the Middle East. So what do you do? do you, you take time, you have a look, and you say, okay, I, I really can't afford not to do this. But obviously, that's going to have an impact on somewhere else in your business. So you, you have to know the ins and outs of each market. In Germany, you, you need particular bank partnerships to do business. So we've, we've learned every market. We, we, we say we're a global company, but the world isn't global. The world is very specific. You have to know the specifics of each market. And now, when we decide to go and include the Middle East, we know what we're doing. We get our, We know exactly. Do we need a partnership? Yes, we do. What's that going to? What's that going to mean for the team? And, and and now we discover. We have a discovery process, and we have a committee. So I suppose we've learned. You know, you you can't conquer a new market without experience and and people on the ground and 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 a plan. So um, yeah, that's my advice. Uh, <laughs> You need and you've just met your plan here now today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so has anybody else any questions? Hi. Um, I am um, not as fashionable as IT, but I work um, exporting manufactured goods 
out of Portugal. And um, the single biggest problem I hear from the factories that I work with is finding people to work on the shop floor, actually doing the work, particularly young people, not really interested in that. And um, in um, IT, there's um, a massive problem at the moment. There's so many companies like Global Shares coming to Portal, and there's just a very limited pool of um, like well-qualified um, professionals come and work for them. Um, and it strikes me that the biggest um, limit to growth at the moment is 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 getting people to to work. I wonder what the panel thinks about how that problem is going to be solved. I would I would have to talk about the benefit of employee ownership in that instance because not only do you want to attract the right people, you want to retain them when you do get them because you you want to reduce the amount of attrition but you want to incentivize them to do a great job. It's not just about the work anymore. It's about making a, a really uh, successful company. So it doesn't matter, like, employee ownership doesn't matter what business you're in. It's, it's industry agnostic. Our clients are manufacturing their transport, their print media, their fintech, their insurance, their IT. It, it's every industry. Um, it's a very interesting solution to that problem. When you come to Portal, you're going to be nicking um, professionals from all the other, from Farfetch and God knows who else, because there's just a carousel of IT workers here. Um, so, I mean, it strikes me that that's a problem that the Portal investment people have to solve. They're going to attract um, global shares and someone else to come here, and there just aren't enough IT professionals to um, service all these companies. I mean, perhaps with you, you'll be able to attract the best because you can pay more or whatever, but there's just not enough um, professionals to go around. Yeah, I think uh, we go to locations where there's a carousel of, of graduates coming through and, and we can onboard those and give them a, a very exciting future. But it's not that long ago since I joined when there was 50 staff in GlobalShares and we couldn't find any professionals who'd want to come and work in GlobalShares who nobody ever heard about. So you've got to build your global brand and you've got to become a great place to work, whether you're officially accredited or not. You've got, you've got to have... Um, you've got to have a compelling reason to come and work for your company. And it has to be real. It has to be tangible. Like We go to great lengths to make Global Shares a great place to work and, and, and to connect. Um, and, um, yeah, I'll maybe pass over. <laughs> so, Rui, I mean, going back to that point, I mean, there is a huge university population in this area. And, you know, Porto is well recognised for its talent. Do you think that there is a talent squeeze on or is it just a little bottleneck at the moment and it's going to expand again shortly? No, I don't think Porto has a, a, a talent problem. I think Europe has a talent problem, okay? Mm -hmm. It's not Porto, it's not Lisbon, it's Europe. Uh, I think we will not jeopardize the quality over quantity. So we will not double the number of engineers graduated from the university because in the long term that will not be sustainable in terms of quality. Um, of course, what the municipality is trying to promote, for example, with uh, innovative um, uh, schooling uh, education uh, projects, uh, for example, uh, it will be in Porto a French international school called 42. I don't know if anyone knows the, the project 42. Uh, it's a French uh, project that will start uh, a few meters from here. Uh, working on, uh, um, it's not a, a school that gives a graduate level, 
but will uh, work on the IT sector in terms of uh, developers and so on. So Porto is also promoting projects that uh, will help the issue of the talent. But I think it's not the issue of Porto. It's not the issue of Lisbon, of Portugal. It's a, a, a challenge of Europe. Um, but I think that uh, we can also, and we want to attract foreign talent to the city of, of Porto. So we welcome everyone that wants to come to Porto. Not every talent should be from Porto, from the University of Porto. We have, we have a lot of Erasmus students that discover Porto when they come here in Erasmus. Then when they finish the... the, the the, the degree they come to Porto again to work. And I think it should be, it's not a silver bullet solution. So we need to see how we can deal with, with all the things that, uh, that, that, uh, that the city can offer. But uh, we are working on uh, alternative, I don't think it's a bad word, but new forms of, of uh, uh, putting talent on the market that comes from alternative um, education systems. And this case is an international case that is very successful, 42-42 project, that can provide to the market some level of expertise that don't need to be a graduate student to, 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 be, to be a good employer. Mm -hmm. And the reason is for that, for example, we have one of the biggest banks in Portugal is a, a, a primary uh, partnership with this project of Quarentidues that is in Lisbon already for uh, maybe two years from now with a lot of, of success. So we are also, as a municipality, promoting this kind of talent that, is more, that, has, that has more elasticity that we don't need to, 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 to wait three years or five years to have a graduate that can go to, to, to the market. And I think it's important for us to share these examples also. Okay, great. Arnold, I think we've run out of time, haven't we? So I would like to thank my panelists, Philomene, Ashling, and Rui. Um, it's been extremely informative. Um, I hope that you all heard something and that it, something struck a chord with you. I think from the sounds of Porto, it's a very interesting city. Ashling, I wish you all the best. And Rui and Philomene, I hope that we can continue to develop the Portuguese-Irish relationship in terms of knowledge, talent mm -hmm. transfer and exporting mutually. This has been a production of the IPBN in partnership with Pinkroom. For more information, visit us online at island-portugal.com and on LinkedIn at Island Portugal Business Network. For more IPBN podcasts, find us on Spotify or visit our website for the full list of episodes. <laughs>